0: this summer we've been thinking about hearing the voice of god you see any relationship it must be two ways mustn't it and our relationship with god the most important relationship that there is it's no different god hears our voice that's called prayer and then we hear god's voice and i hope we've understood that primarily that isn't through sort of writing in the sky up above or some spooky whisper down below but primarily we hear the voice of god through the bible the Bible is the only place we can be 100% sure that we are hearing the very words of God. But undoubtedly there are ways that we hear from God which are not sort of when we're literally sat there with our noses in the Bible. You know God might use a friend to challenge us or the friend might speak a word of encouragement to us that feels just, just like it's, it's sort of come from God, it's so accurate and so what is needed at that time. Or, or, or it might be someone shares a prophetic word in a church gathering that's, that's really relevant to us. Or, or, or there might be various things that go on that just sort of seem like coincidence, but actually surely they're not just coincidence. God's actually been in charge and he's speaking to us and we're hearing his voice through that. Now all of those things, of course, they need to be tested and weighed against scripture. But for many of us, probably all of us I would guess, there will be times when it feels like God is silent. When we cannot hear his voice. You know, when you're Bible reading, it feels dry. When God feels distant, where you can no more hear the voice of God than you can hear the the rumble of planes overhead during lockdown and travel bans. What do you do then? What do you do when God's voice seems as silent as the summer sky? Well, I think our, our Bible character, Hannah, she speaks so well into that feeling you see in many ways hannah had lots going for her she was married her husband elkanah he loved her he cared for her deeply and yet her life was messy because she had a husband but she shared him with penina an overly mouthy pain in the neck woman chapter one verse six it says her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her and most of the attack it centered on the fact that hannah couldn't have any children You know, childlessness, it was stigma enough without Penina constantly just rubbing it in. We're told that all this baiting, it went on, verse 7, it went on year after year, constantly wounding Hannah, hurting her until she wept and wept and would not eat. Now the circumstances may be very different for us, but for many of us, perhaps especially with all the challenges this year, many of us will be able to relate to Hannah's feelings of messiness and complication and pain in life. And in all this, just like it did for Hannah, for many of us it feels like God is silent. Certainly it feels like he's not answering our prayers. Have a look how it was for Hannah, verse 10 of chapter 1, it says, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Or in verse 15, Hannah says to Eli, she says, I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Hannah is coming in prayer to God and she is totally dependent on God. She's she's fled Penina's mockery. Her her husband's well-meaning comfort hasn't proved helpful. Eli's just thought she's drunk. She's totally dependent on God as she runs to him in prayer. She's got nowhere else to turn. You see, God may seem silent, but Hannah is not. Hannah is not silent. She's still speaking. She's still communicating to God. Look at what she prays in verse 11. She prays, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. She asks God, doesn't she? Simply, plainly, boldly, she asks God. And I'm sure you know people's names in the Bible are often highly significant. They signify what is going on at a moment in time. And so look at why. When her prayer is eventually answered. Look at why Hannah gives her baby the name Samuel. It's in verse 20. It says, she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. You see, Samuel sounds like the Hebrew for heard by God. Hannah has been heard by God. It's all about asking. God hears Hannah's voice. Or look at what she says when she takes the toddler Samuel to Eli in verse 27. Literally, this is what verse 27 says. The Hebrew says this. It says, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me my asking, which I asked of him. So now I give what was asked to the Lord back to the Lord for his whole life. He is the one that is asked for the Lord. Ask, 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 ask. But then having ask, ask, ask in a time of desperation, what does Hannah do in a time of celebration when God has answered this prayer of hers for a son? Well, look at the first line of chapter two. It's staggering this. You might expect her to pray, you know, my heart rejoices in my little baby boy. He's so cute. He does these little gurgles. He's got these sweet little dimples. He looks like Winston Churchill. My heart rejoices in my little baby. But no, she doesn't do that not my heart rejoices my little baby boy but no verse one my heart rejoices in the Lord her supreme source of joy is God or look at verse two each line it's saying the same thing She's she's saying there is no one in the whole world who is a patch on the Lord there's no one nothing rather than asking she's now adoring she is adoring God and I do wonder if this is a challenge to some of us. I think it's striking that Hannah, with her prayer in chapter one, she gets to a point more than just wanting a son for her own contentment and satisfaction. She gets to a point of saying that she wants a son that her son might be dedicated to the Lord. So she's not just praying for a son for her own benefit, she's praying for a son for God's glory. And I wonder for some today, perhaps for you, God's voice seems silent at the moment. Perhaps you are praying for something that you would so desire you've been praying for it for years and years, just like Hannah, praying for this thing that you're desperate for, a job, a spouse, a child, a vaccine for coronavirus, whatever it might be. And I wonder, would you think through? Are you praying for this thing just for your own benefit? Or are you praying for this thing so that it might be for the Lord's glory? And I think the clue to to which of those two things we're doing is if our prayer, if our prayer that we've been praying for for years and years, if it's answered with a yes, what do we adore most? Do we adore most this thing that we now have that God has given us or do we adore most God? What is my heart? What is your heart? What is it rejoicing? Does my heart rejoice in the job? Rejoice in the vaccine? Rejoice in the marriage-ready romantic interest? Rejoice in the baby? Or like Hannah, does my heart rejoice most in the Lord? It is the thing for all of us. For all of us, all of the time, there are going to be some areas of life where it feels like God's voice is silent. And other areas where wonderfully it feels like he's clearly answered a prayer of ours in the affirmative. And we're hearing his voice clearly there. But all the time it's going to be this mixture, isn't it? This mixture. So that all the time our voice, our voice to be heard by God. It should be this mixture of asking and adoring. Asking and adoring. Is that what your and my prayer life looks like? As our voices speak to God. Asking and adoring. As I close, I just want to point you to one really interesting thing in Hannah's prayer in chapter 2. Just have a look at the end of verse 10. It's the final sentence of our prayer. And this is what she prays. She prays that God will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Now, as her voice uttered those words, here's the thing, there was no king in existence in Israel. There wasn't a king. No king. You see, her prayer, it is prophetic. Her prayer is looking forwards to a promise of strength to King David, who Samuel, her son, would anoint. But also it's prophetic looking further forwards to Jesus, to the king, to the anointed one. And this, I think, is this wonderful, great reminder for us in our own prayer lives that the only reason you and I can be expecting to hear God's voice in response to what we prayed for, it is because of Jesus. doesn't matter how wonderful or disastrous you are. It doesn't matter how much or how little faith you have. The size of your faith is not key. It is the object of your faith that's key. It must be faith in Jesus, the King, the Anointed One, because it is Jesus who has all the strength and power. It is King Jesus who hears you, who hears me, as we ask and adore. Let's pray. Lord God, even when we feel like you're silent, we thank you that you're not. Thank you that you have spoken to us in your word, the Bible. But Lord, even when we feel like you're silent, would we be a people still who are asking and adoring Would that be what you hear in our voices? Would you hear us, a people, individuals, asking and adoring? And Lord, today, particularly for those who are struggling at this time, perhaps those who've been praying for something for years and years, just like Hannah had, we pray today, Heavenly Father, for them particularly. We pray that you would help them to keep depending on you. Help them, help each one of us not to be silent to you, but help us be a people who keep asking and keep adoring you. In Jesus' name. Amen.